For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to continue our Concerns series. It's funny because we recorded the Wide Receiver Concerns series and we're actually both a lot more positive than we were when we scheduled the episode. <laughs> so the arrival of Demarcus Robinson can, uh, can change some things. Tonight, we're doing left guard, and I think there are some legitimate con- uh, reasons for concern there. Uh, here to join us is our friend Alec Pulianis from One Winning Pod. Alec, how are you doing? Doing well, Ken. Excited to talk about the left guard position. You know, it wasn't too long ago we were talking about all the individual players, and we did an episode on Tyree Phillips and the things we hope to see. And, uh, well, we didn't see it this preseason. Unfortunately, uh, he has been cut and actually has moved on to the Giants. Uh, Giants put him on their 53-man roster, so they're kind of becoming the new Jets, uh, taking any old old Raven and just inserting him right into their uh, 53. Yeah, it's often the time you, Joe Douglas in, with, with the Jets, of course, became their general manager and, and did pick up a lot of the Ravens guys he was familiar with, uh, you know, with all their ex, uh, ex-Ravens. But Wink, it had been defensive players uh, to start with. Tony Jefferson, a you know, prime example of a guy. Uh, Tyree Phillips, a little more of a surprise in terms of the Giants picking up. He's not on the defensive side of the ball, still could have had a recommendation mm-hmm. from Wink. But uh, they also probably had a need that they perceived. And and Tyree Phillips was a lineman who the Ravens held on to an 11th lineman because they thought he had trade value that they could harvest within a few days. Correct. Yeah, it definitely sounded like they attempted to trade uh, Phillips or 
Um, maybe even one of the other guards, but probably not, honestly. I think, uh, unfortunately, his performance in the preseason, I, I watched some film today, and I saw him be the reason a lot of run plays failed. Uh, yep. And it was kind of disappointing because I think all preseason, I was disappointed by the run game, wondering what was going on. And it seems like upon study, I mean, obviously there was other failures on the line. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of the plays I watched, it seemed like everyone was doing their job except for him. And maybe he was in a bad position. You know, he did play a decent amount of tackle. But I saw it at the guard position, too. So, you know, just mm-hmm. disappointing. I hope he can, you know, get a fresh start in New York and, and maybe uh, resurrect his career. Yeah, that's the way. I mean, obviously, if he went into this season as not the starter, which appeared to be the way it was headed, it's not too hard to envision him as the number three guard or the number, you know, four tackle or whatever he might have been this year here, that he enters year four with zero option value. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really as a as a potential cut right off the start anyway. So if you're going to do that, you may as well try and trade him this year when you get a little bit more for him in theory. And obviously it didn't work out, but the Ravens, you know, weren't that happy with him. Four penalties in the preseason, a big problem for me. Obviously, you know, a mix between guard and tackle of those. Uh, he did. I, I agree with you. I thought he looked bad in the run game, particularly in that last game. I thought he actually looked very good as a pass blocker in that last game. He got a very high rating from me, uh, largely because my system uh, does not negatively weight, you know, run plays that fail because they don't have the kind of variance associated with mm-hmm. much more leverage on a pass play. Mm-hmm. So if you if you give up a sack or you have a holding call, uh, you know, that costs your team 10 yards, that's the kind of thing that costs you a lot in my in my system, but not the uh, not allowing penetration will cost you two points. He had one of those uh, in, in this last game. Uh, what do we have? That, uh, so Phillips is, is not here anymore. Let's move on in mm-hmm. terms of, of who they've, they're, they're starting at left guard. And um, how, how are you feeling about powers at this point in terms of, of uh, what you've maybe seen in the past? Because I don't think there's a lot to go on this preseason. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think powers is definitely serviceable. I don't, I don't think I think he'd be right around the middle, probably of guards, uh, guard play in the NFL. Um, maybe a little bit lower middle. Uh, and I guess just Powers is uh, a little bland, a little less exciting than uh, Cleveland at this point. And I'm just curious to see which way they go. You know, Powers, I think he does better in the run game than the pass game. And, you know, we saw Cleveland really dominate in both uh, mm-hmm. during the preseason. So he, I'm, I'd be most excited to see Cleveland. I think he has a higher ceiling. And I like to usually go for ceiling plays. Um, but there is potential that Powers gives you the better floor, uh, at least at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, Powers, part of what didn't work out for him in this preseason was playing center. Yeah. And he had another bad snap on one of the many failed, many, several failed <laughs> uh, uh, read option plays that they tried to run this year. The, the snap is offline on a third and two. And Huntley just uh, pushed the ball into, I think it might have been Hill, might have been Beatty, whoever it was. He just pushed the ball right into his gut because he couldn't, he couldn't mm-hmm. make a read. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was one way they failed. Uh, but anyway, the, the, uh, the Ravens office really requires a, very, a significant consistency of snaps because taking Lamar Jackson's eyes off the field is a very bad thing for taking away read value for him, whether pass or run. So in the shotgun, you do not want to have a lot of low snaps to take his eyes off the field for half a second. This would go for any quarterback, but I think it's more true of Lamar where he might run or pass. 
and he's making that choice among others in his decision tree as he goes through. And it's almost like he has a he has a set of reads he goes through in terms of passing, but he's also having a set of reads that he's processing at the same time as a runner. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and I I think one of the big things that kind of makes the left guard a concern for me is kind of going off of that talking about center play. You know, we have Linderbaum, mm-hmm. a new center. Uh, he missed a little bit of time doing an injury in this off season and uh, his ramp up, you know, is underway. And I don't know who the starter is, right? Like, I mean, I'm guessing it's powers, but mm-hmm. how many snaps has he had with him? How many snaps has he had with Cleveland? You know, the interior offensive line, there's a lot of chemistry, a lot of, uh, you know, reading one another that is critical to their success. And, um, the instability of left guard, the potential change that might happen midseason, season, um, even drive to drive. We don't even know what they're intending to do. That mm-hmm. is uh, a little bit of a concern as well. You know, I don't want to overload the rookie's plate, but he did look good. So hopefully he'll be OK. I just I just that's another one part of the concerns for me. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think um, I, I am. Probably at the apex of excitement right now for Linderbaum. Obviously, I'm still frightened about exactly who he is physically as a player, uh, length and size. Uh, size a big a big factor against these mammoth nose tackles that he'll face in this league, as opposed to what he's faced in in college. And, and there's a combination of athleticism and size. It's not just size. It's these guys. You know, like if you're you're facing a Travis Jones type, Mm -hmm. are also excellent athletes Mm -hmm. in terms of the ability to not only push people, but also just throw people out of the way. You know, they they do a better job of using their size than than other players who are just size guys. Uh, I'm more excited, though, about Linderbaum's play because I think if he plays between two elephants— and whoever the Ravens have at left guard, they're a little bit of an elephant, as I would classify. Powers is not a um, a speedy player who's a get-out-in-space guy. Um, Cleveland, although he tests pretty well in terms of long speed, is not a, uh, a particularly fast guy. He's not a guy who gets out in front of a screen pass. I just think you have a chance with a mix of abilities like that mm-hmm. to create good combination block opportunities for your offensive lineman, whether Linderbaum helping either guard and whether he's the back guy or the front guy. I think having an elephant next helps a lot. If he's the back guy in particular, having that elephant do more to get the, get the nose tackle probably off his pins a little bit is going to make uh, Linderbaum's job a lot easier on the back end. If he's the if he's the guy that that moves, Linderbaum is a very quick resolver of double teams in terms of getting his initial jolt on that guy, almost like a um, uh, a chip block from a running back mm-hmm. uh, looks in terms right. of, of how you put it in the midsection. In fact, I ascribe that more to Linderbaum than to almost any other offensive lineman I've seen. The, the the Ravens, I think, had been taking longer to resolve their double teams, which is not a terrible thing because you've got Jackson and you've got the whole mesh point and it takes probably a little bit more time than with other offenses. But but I also like getting the center out there into level two and uh, or, or getting a lineman out there into level two and, and making a block there too uh, more quickly. Yeah, and I, I definitely saw, you know, we only had, I think, what, nine snaps from Linderbaum mm-hmm. in the preseason game, but I did enjoy it. One of them... Uh, on the pass set, there was a looper on the stunt, and he was able to give a little bit of an assist to the left guard and then take on that other, uh, the looper. And I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing you want to see. And, and like you said, having those elephants on either side of him, he, that, that, that's uh, the help that he needs to be able to succeed there. 
Right. Well, we're not doing a center concern show, so let's get back to left guard here because this is this uh, this yeah. should be some help. Uh, with uh, the, the the competition now, the two way competition. Um, are you at all concerned that Harbaugh's feelings about Cleveland are going to impact the decision on the starter negatively? I am I am concerned about that. You know, obviously we don't see all of practice. We don't know all of what's going on in meetings. But from the sample size that we have from this preseason, it does seem to me that Cleveland is the better choice. So if he's not the starter that day, I'm going to assume, uh, you know, maybe – unfairly that it has something to do with what happened at the beginning of camp with his conditioning and potentially there is still a conditioning issue. Maybe, you know, he's doing well uh, in these games, but he, he's not going to be able to last all season. I don't know, but I, I am concerned about that. I, I think one of my overall concerns with Harbaugh, although I do like him as a coach is that he could have a, a bit of take lock or a little bit of uh, you know, stubbornness when it comes to changing uh, plans when it um particularly when it comes to like character <laughs> concerns excuse me right or not which yes it's not fair to say about cleveland but you know work ethic thinking. yeah exactly work ethic yeah. attention things mm-hmm. like that you're talking not necessarily that the guy's doing something uh, yeah. terribly wrong but you know I, I honestly i think if you don't respond correctly to coaching from harbaugh whether it's him particularly or maybe your position coach uh or or certainly the coordinator I think you, you probably can lose points in terms of uh, of how he is. I don't know if Ben has been that way. I will say this. This is one of my concerns with regard to the conditioning component of Ben Cleveland. He listed on the roster last year at, I believe, either 335 or 343. But he, that, that was more like a like there was a combine weight for him that I think might have been 343 pounds. Mm-hmm. He listed in other guides and whatnot at over 350. Mm-hmm. This year... His listed weight on the Ravens roster is 370 pounds. Right. Now, it would be fantastic if he were a truly athletic 370 pounds, but I'm guessing that marginal 20 pounds is not helping him, despite the fact that, you know, he used, he throws around his weight pretty effectively. He's a stone wall, or at least it's looked that way in terms of pass blocking, uh, you know, latching onto his run blocks. He's, he's, I think he's done a much better job this preseason of not getting beat to one side or the other, mm-hmm. uh, which which he's been a great finisher. Um, you know, so you take your life into your own hands if you want to try and beat him to one side because <laughs> he might put you right on the ground. Right. Uh, but but I've I've been I've been very excited about what he's done in this preseason. I, I certainly based on that and based on some performance against some players who are not number ones. I still would like to see him in there to to get his chance. Yeah, and I think maybe that's part of the reason I'm concerned about the position. I think I'm most concerned that we might have somebody not playing that would be best for the team. Um, and that concerns me almost at a deeper level about how the teams might be being, being run. Um, but, you know, that's all projection. We won't, we won't know until September 11th what's going on as far as uh, left guard competition. I think the other part I'm concerned about, too, is obviously there's the Stanley bit. Um, will Stanley be there? The left guard obviously helps the left tackle in mm-hmm. every aspect of the game. Um, at this point, you know, Stanley hasn't been out there to get that uh, chemistry with. And, and you know, I mean, Powers, I guess, played with Stanley, but Cleveland never had the chance to. Um, well, if, if, <laughs> if Stanley, regardless of who it is on the left side, sure. whether it's Stanley or James, 
I would project that either of them is going to need um, help blocking. They're going to need occasionally chipping. They're going to need more than what Stanley needed when he was healthy, you know, two years ago mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to play well. So, you know, that's one of the things that Cleveland really gives you. I, I've I've seen it less from Powers in, in terms of my own OL analysis, but the, but the thing I would say is that Cleveland came out of college with a great inside-out processing speed where he uh, really— uh, oftentimes, pass rushers won't be up against him directly. They'll, in fact, try and stunt or do other things to get away from that gap. In fact, they'd, they'd often would just you know do things at Georgia that would just leave it open. But that he would be an inside-out guy. He was playing right guard at Georgia. That he'd be an inside-out guy who would look inside first um, if he didn't have an opponent, then look for the blitz, then look to his right for the help block, and and really make a lot of help blocks. So I like that kind of a a, a, a player to help whoever our left tackle is this year because I think they might really need it. And all you need to do is put that put that pass rusher on the ground a couple of times, maybe maybe only once uh, during a game, and they become very cognizant of it. And I can't help but think that would affect their pass rush plan, that they're going to be more, more reliant on speed than an inside move if they think they might get clipped by Cleveland from the side. Right. And that's a good point. You know, um, it seems like maybe Cleveland has a little bit better recognition in order to uh, help out the left tackle. That's another thing that is, you know, maybe a point in his camp. So I definitely, I'm just really curious how this will play out. And I'm, and I'm curious to see th- this line has a lot of potential, right? And I think each bit of potential that we can get out um, is obviously for the best. And, and, I want to see what we can do with Cleveland. I think he hasn't had a fair shake. Uh, I mean, it's just the, the fact of preseason. He hasn't, even though he never really got a, a start, but he hasn't got to see the top competition this year, except for in practice. So I just want to see that um, and see what we have. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. He certainly got a lot of snaps, which was nice mm-hmm. in the preseason, though he didn't play that last game with the injury. He got a lot of snaps those first two games. That's good. Uh, Tyree Phillips also got a lot of snaps. Oh, yeah. And he's obviously was not part of their plans. Uh, Phillips, we don't really know because he played so well, played well in the first game, played very well in the second game. And then he sat for the third game because of the injury. So we don't really know what the plan was to play him, whether he would have been a, you know, just playing the first half guy. And then we want to sit you because you're one of our top backups here or or we're even still thinking about starting you Mm -hmm. at left guard. Uh, we we didn't really get that indication. You, you you know for damn sure that if Tyree Phillips is in the end of the last preseason game and he ain't starting yeah. uh, at left guard in week one, so they they made their their uh, uh, intentions fairly well known. Not necessarily in terms of cutting him, but in terms of him not being the starter. I agree. Yeah. So uh, you know I'm I'm excited I'm excited to see how this goes here. One of the things I'll say is the Ravens have in the past alternated series at left guard. I'm not sure that's the best way to do it, but if you really want to see what you have out of Cleveland, you're going to have to try to do that at some point. Uh, And I wonder if they will have to be disappointed by powers before they do it. Mm. And that carries its own risk because if powers is okay for the whole year, then you really might not get to see get the trial out of Cleveland in year two that you'd really want. And this is a critical developmental year. I agree. And I, I think the other thing, too, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. We kind of spoke about it a little bit before the show started, but 
now that Phillips is gone, um, I'm not sure who the logical backup is to Zeitler. And I don't know if they view Cleveland as that option in a way, because we did see him play that guard, um, you know, the, on the right side during the preseason. And that's another concern is that, you know, what is the, maybe it's McCary that's actually the backup left guard and we don't even know it. And they, and they see mm-hmm. Cleveland as more of a backup plan for Zeitler because we do know that they like to make one swap and, um, that could be the reason that also holds back Cleveland. Yeah, great point on the one-for-one one swap because the Ravens throughout you know, the years have been uh, very much you know, wanting to do that. I think the continuity issues become much more severe when you make two or even three swaps. And, of course, the, the big counterexample that people will talk about is in the 2012 postseason <laughs> yeah. when after sitting, sitting McKinney for the entire season as basically a doghouse punishment, uh, yeah, there was not even an attempt to fail forward with what you're doing there at the end of 2012. I mean, they had the season wrapped up a, a week early. They could have at least played him against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. but they they chose to wait until the until the postseason. Stuck him in at left tackle, moved or to right tackle, moved Assembly to left guard, and it really improved two of the three offensive line positions. Uh, in a pretty significant way, or had a very difficult position, a difficult year on the left side, and and two of the three positions improved. And Osemele ended up being one of the big stars during that postseason. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, obviously that was a really nice ride, but um, mm-hmm. I don't want to draw our uh, plans off of, of off of that. I do think the one for one swaps has a lot of merits, and that's probably the best way to go. Um, any anything so more than that would probably be desperation. Let's talk about the one for one and what mm-hmm. they would do. Yeah. And uh, one of the one of the problems starts at left tackle. I guess they've got a one for one that it would be James for Stanley if Stanley can't go. Mm-hmm. You, you, from what you've seen, you think that'll be what it'd be. Mm-hmm. And at left guard, I would presume that Cleveland is either first or second, and that Powers is either first or second. Right. So they have their one for one there. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned McCary as being an interesting player. They do have backups at that at that position. So the question is, if McCary is your trump card, where do you expect the Ravens to use him? Do you expect him to use him at center if anything happens to Linderbaum? Because Linderbaum's already got a injury history, quote unquote, in his post college and first pro season. Right. Yeah. I mean, my assumption would be that it, McCary is going to back up Linderbaum. But then there's the Cologne bit, which was unanticipated mm-hmm. by me, uh, and I think a lot of people, to make the 53-man roster. So him still being there kind of begs the question, right? Like, what was the actual intent? So and that, that's a, that's a you know, great thought is Cologne is a guy who's played a fair amount of sixth offensive lineman for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, the, this Ravens team has a blocking tight end again. Uh, you know they had they had Tomlinson, they had others, but but when they have not had Boyle in the past, they've had a lot of trouble at times deciding how they're going to use their extra eligible receiver mm-hmm. and done a mismatch of things. They played a little pony. They played a you know a, a sixth offensive lineman. Sometimes use an extra receiver. Sometimes use an extra tight end. Sometimes you know they play a tight end in the backfield. Uh, and bring Ricard up to the line of scrimmage. So they've used a, a, a variety of schemes to try and offset when they're missing uh, Boyle. But one of them was was bringing in Tristan Cologne and, and using him on the on the edge of the line of scrimmage. I, I frankly think the that job can be done by a lot of people. 
yeah, I mean, we could bring in uh, Falele as the extra lineman, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there, there are options there. Um, overall, I mean, the, the roster construction was kind of surprising to me, and I think the offensive line was one of the bigger surprises, that and, and inside linebacker. So, well, and, and I guess tight end. Those were the big, like, shockers. It seemed like they were overloaded there from what I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think the offensive line was mostly for that trade optionality of Phillips. It didn't work out, so he got cut once we brought in the outside linebacker. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just curious to see the plan, and we might not ever know it. Hopefully we don't ever know it in a way, <laughs> right? We don't have injuries and don't have to see these mm-hmm. contingency plans. But, um, but yeah, that that is an interesting thought. Yeah, with the exception of the Stanley situation, which where we really don't know the quality of the left tackle involved, the Ravens are actually in a very good position in terms of who they have. They have they have they had eleven linemen that they liked mm-hmm. to some degree anyway, or they thought we had trade value. They kept ten of those. One of them is a developmental guy, which is that's always good to have a developmental guy that you really think has a higher upside and follow Lely. Mm-hmm. And then they they uh, have nine guys to make eight on a weekly basis. I don't. I think that we're probably going to see follow Lely be deactivated a lot this year, um, but we'll 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 see how that goes. And then you really want to bring up one other space. They've still got Khalil McKenzie on the on the practice squad, who you can get two elevations from for starters who can give you a eighth offensive lineman who could be a defensive lineman when you want, when you really only want to use four spots on the defensive line for a game. Right. So you, you really have a lot of pretty damn nice options and, and considering, you know, the Buccaneers and some other teams are out there with decimated offensive lines, all sorts of offensive line problems at this point of the year, the Ravens in a relative sense are, are in excellent shape. And, and honestly, relative to some of their other position groups as well. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting that, Obviously, Stanley is a, a huge wild card, but even without him, they actually look pretty good, you know, all things considered. It's not maybe great, um, but a lot of the positions, I think, are, are above average. So mm-hmm. that's that's exciting to see. And, you know, pray that, you know, Stanley has something in the tank, you know, and, and can play at a high enough level that he gets back in the lineup and is outplaying James. And, I mean, then, you know, that's that's even better. So I do think that the line overall has a lot of potential to be fantastic this year. I think that it will not be like it's been the last year, you know, year and a half um, where it kind of fell apart on us. Um, and, and that's the good thing. I think there's enough reinforcements. The depth is there to see success. So now it's just, it's go time. <laughs> yeah. So the, the left guard position in particular, where we where we're having this discussion mm-hmm level of concern on a one to 10 scale, and this is completely qualitative. Uh, so you could just say low, medium, high uh, in terms of, of the players that they have here, they don't have Tyree Phillips anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's down to, you know, I guess if I were to say, I'd say it's, 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 it's powers in Cleveland in some order. Yeah. Then it's probably McCary as the, as the next guy, if you're, if you're having to fill a hole there and then maybe it's Cologne. Uh, what's what's your actual fear about the quality of play not really meeting the standard necessary to run the offense properly? I would say medium low, probably around a three. I think that the quality will be good enough. I just am concerned it might not be great, and I am and and the main reason that concern, right? Because obviously not every single position on your team will be great, is honestly because mm-hmm. of left tackle, right? It, it's a concern because of left tackle and not knowing what's happening there. So I'm almost hoping that the left guard play can elevate um, 
and provide any assistance necessary to maybe compensate for the left tackle position? That's a, I, I think I would agree on all counts there that, you know, how, how that left tackle is going to help, uh, left guard is going to help that left tackle. Uh, whoever it is, is, is also big on my concerns list. And uh, uh, otherwise, I, I'm fairly sanguine, fairly comfortable with what's going on in terms of the, uh, the left guard position itself, that, that the quality of play will be at a uh, good level. And, and I think if our, if our bitching during the season is completely reduced to we think Cleveland should be getting more snaps, even though Powers is playing adequately, that's a relatively good problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, you know, if, if, if we have a player playing adequately at left guard, that in, in a lot of cases, that's all the Ravens would need mm-hmm. to, to, to be doing pretty well. But I would like to see some mobility from the position. Cleveland does have some ability to move in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd like to see him be able to pull as effectively as Bozeman did based on relative athleticism of those two players. Bozeman, by the way, completely um, flayed for his um, uh, inability to move around in space coming out of college at Alabama. Mm. It's one of the huge knocks on him. And yet he ended up being one of the best pullers the Ravens has ever had, have ever had. That kind of offensive line coaching that the Ravens have in-house, and this, this is getting down, this isn't the offensive coordinator, this isn't Roman scheme, mm-hmm. this is Dallas Sandris showing the, 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 the methodology to Cleveland, you know, learning the footwork properly, doing all that. I don't think there's any reason from an athletic perspective that he cannot be good enough at that to, to certainly get the Ravens by and, and be a, a, you know, a decent scheme puller. I agree with that. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of this whole line is that the great coaching they've received, we've seen so many success stories come out of this line. And, um, and frankly, we've seen so many linemen go to other teams and produce. So we're almost like a, a little bit of a factory. So I definitely agree with you there, Ken. And I, I think um, that's what makes him so exciting. That's what made Phillips so exciting, right? We thought, you know, with his tools that he would be able to um, really produce as well. So hopefully uh, we'll see, I would say, good to above average play from the left guard this year. But uh, I guess my main concern is how it's going to happen and um, what kind of chemistry they'll have. All right. Very legitimate concerns. Uh, really appreciate having you on, Alec. Always a pleasure to talk football with you. Uh, tell folks where they can find your work online. Sure. Yeah, we're at onewinningpod.com and also on Twitter, onewinningpod. Um, pretty excited to get started with some uh, new content as well with the NFL bets that we'll be doing on our YouTube channel, so you can find us there as well. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. So we'll see what else we do this year. Uh, definitely opening up a couple new avenues, and uh, you know, love talking to you as well, Ken. All right. Love to be on your show for some gambling stuff, if you oh. ever want me for that. Yeah, it's, you're absolutely welcome. Yeah. You know, so I have a kind of a background in, but we'll uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Other folks out there, if you'd sure. like to be on a film study short, love to uh, hear from you and uh, give me a DM on Twitter. They're always open and I'll get back to you very quickly about doing a show. Even during the season, we're able to about do about one per week. So, you know, if you're if you're the if you think you're, quote unquote, only a fan, that's exactly who I want. I just want somebody who's very passionate about what they're doing. And yeah, I have some analyst folks on and I, and I kind of grill them. Uh, I, I'm just interested in having an interesting football discussion that's nice and easy to listen to uh, with people who really enjoy the Baltimore Ravens. And so if you if you do that, well, you're uh, much appreciated. I'll get back to you very quickly on your idea. Alec, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.